Hi everyone, this podcast has talked of magical caves of wonders, guardian spirits, wisecracking magic carpets, Chinese military move maneuvers, transmogrification of monkeys, and the beautiful artwork of Walt Disney. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 108. Tales from the East. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Movie Review. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? And this is Jackie, saying hi again. Yes, I know. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome. Sparkin is some podcast that provides informative reviews about connecting enhanced narratives. Every episode, depending on what show you're listening to, we talk about movies, mangas, books, video games, toys, or anything else that's pop culture related, and we tell you a little bit about it. What's the good parts about it? What are the negatives about it? And if it's worth even checking out or reading or watching. You don't have to agree with anything we say, but I've heard we're slightly entertaining just a little bit. And this is very special because this is the final episode of our month of Families, Fairies, and Fantastic Pixie Pixie Dust! Yes, it's the final one of our first of our Disney months. Yes, we're doing two of them. Yes, sir! And what is the difference between this one and that one? Next Disney month is animals. When we come back to Disney, whenever that happens, we'll be talking about different animals and aliens and other things as well. If you want to check out any of our earlier episodes, you can check it out at www.spyrocon.com, our website, or on iTunes. We're also on Twitcher, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and all those other lovely accounts. We also have a Snapchat, but, well... We're not telling you that because Snapchat's kind of nasty and a little naughty, especially for Disney, am I right? Yes. Because kids don't use Snapchat. It's not good. You can it's get a- bad. Very bad. Don't do it. So now, well, for those of you who didn't listen to our last couple of episodes, we talked the whole gambit of the Disney franchise. We started out with the first film, the most beautiful and serene of them all. Snow White. And then we went to actually the next major film they did involving a princess, which was... Cinderella. And then after that, we actually went to the next film, which came out the year after Cinderella, but is not a Disney princess film. Which was Alice in Wonderland. And we are finishing off the month with not one, but two Disney films. And these are the more, well... Modern? Yes, they're from the modern can. They're 
One is from the Renaissance of the Disney era. That's when Disney came back into style in the 1990s. And the last one is one of arguably the last good Disney animated films you had that was hand-drawn. And there are some differences and some great aspects about each one. There are beautiful imagery in them. And they both have their own unique flair to it. And more importantly than that, both of these films do not have a Caucasian protagonist. They are both multicultural. Which is very unique for Disney. It's, they're starting to branch out. Still, they don't have a black or a Jewish male character, but maybe that'll happen sometime in the future. Maybe. Well, no, they have Tatiana. No, Tatiana is a black princess, but her prince is a Hispanic. Oh. No black prince. Well, hopefully okay. the new films are a little better, but we'll get to that in a bit. So the first of films we're we talking about, should we go chronological or should we go in the order we rolled them? I think we should probably go where we rolled them. All right. So then the first film we're going to be talking about came out in the long distant year. Actually, it's almost been 20 years. came out no. in 1998. Almost Seriously? 20 years. No way. And this, oh, my God. This film was directed by Barry Cook and Tony Bancroft and produced by Jan Cooks. And it's based on a story which was an actual Chinese legend. And it was adapted by Robert D. Sansusi. And this is also the last film Pat Morita was in. Now, for those of you who don't know who Pat Morita is, he taught children how to wax on and wax, wax off. off. Oh, he was the dude from The Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. Ah, I never saw that movie. Wait, maybe I have. Besides that, we had everyone's favorite former Trekkie now Twitter sensation, Oh My. George Takei! Yep. Who was he? I, who was I he? have, like, the hots for George Who was Tupin. he in this? He was, um... Oh, he was the first ancestor. Yeah. Okay, I can hear it. You also had June Foray. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the grandma. You had Harvey Firestein playing a straight guy. A very straight macho guy. Mm-hmm. Miguel Ferreira playing the bad guy. You had B.D. Wong, also voiced singing-wise by Donny Osmond, as the male lead. Now, actually, he is the male lead. He's just the prince. The male lead goes to everyone's favorite comedian voice actor. Wait, who? Wait, who is? Oh, it's Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy? Wait, who... wait, Mushu is Eddie Murphy. You didn't know that? I thought he was like, wait, hmm. never mind. I'm not even Mushu was Eddie Murphy. Murphy. And then last we have is Ming-Na Wen, who did the voice of our main character, of this classical Chinese story about a young girl who rose to become one of the most powerful women in China. Mulan. Actually, it's a, it's a true story. Yes. Which I did not know until about six months ago. Don't judge me. And this is a very vibrant and just great film. For those of you who have never seen Mulan, well, one, this is Nikki's favorite film. We had to watch this over 200 times so I could now quote this movie verbatim. It was my favorite, too, because I didn't like all the frilly princesses, and this was the first movie that I was like, yes, I can get behind this chick. And for those of you who don't know, the whole premise is that the the Fa family has a daughter who they're trying to to find a matchmaker. She's very masculine, even though she is a girl. She's, you know, she likes archery, she likes riding horses. She's very non-traditional. Her father is very ill, and then there's her grandmother. Is he sick or is he hurt? He's hurt. Well, they're dealing with their problems of them trying to find a suitable husband for their daughter. Shang Yu, one of the Huns, has decided, I'm going to attack China. Because the Chinese Great Wall was just built. So he is invading the country, and because of him causing havoc... The Chinese army is being reassembled, so every single village must send one member of their family to be part of the army. The only problem is that the Fa family, her father is ill, very sick. And Mulan, even though this will dishonor her family, she decides, I'm going to dress up like a man, take my father's armor, and then go and pose as a man and just join the army. And then when things go right, there will be honor to my family. Which is honorable. Like, it's, I mean... 
It's super dishonest if she's caught. She'll be beheaded if she's caught. Yeah, but no, it's brave. Like, she believes in this so much that she's risking... Everything. Everything. And that's... Really good. And it should be good. But there's yeah. one little problem. Her ancestors find out this happens, and they're not happy. They're like, oh, crap, this is going to ruin our chance of going into Nirvana. So what do we yes. do? We're going to send the great dragon to... Bring her back and save our family. Only problem is that the great dragon, because the former spirit animal, a dragon named Mushu, screwed up, the great dragon's destroyed. Because their former spirit animal is now the person who wakes up the great dragon and... He broke the great dragon. In a very funny scene. <laughs> and so he pretends to be the great dragon and says, I will bring her back. All will be well. And so he goes to save Mulan. Mulan runs into Mushu and Mushu says, wait a minute. If you become a war hero... Then we'll get our place back, and I'll become a guardian again, and, and our family will be saved again. So she ends up joining the army and falling in love with the captain, Captain Li Shang. What is that she becomes a great fighter, does amazing in the army, and then she's revealed to be a woman, and tragedy strikes. And she's banished from the army, but because she's saved... So many of the, the members, she's just been banished. She hasn't been... They leave her with a little food and left her in the mountains. And they were like, here, do something. If you die, you die, but this is to pay you back. And that's, she has to go save the day. And does she save the day? Does she win her family's honor back? Does she do amazing? No, they don't believe her at first. And then she ends up saving the emperor. And this film is very progressive. It's a girl could do what a boy can do better. And it shows it because of the fact that she uses her head to figure things out. For example, during the training sequence, there is a pole that everyone's trying to climb. They're tasked by Captain Shang to climb this pole to retrieve an arrow while they're carrying these two heavy medallions up the pole. You'll get prestige, and no one can figure out how to do it. They keep trying to climb it and screwing up, and she figures out if you use the medallions that are on a ribbon as a counterweight, you can climb up slowly. Right, because as he explained, the one is like discipline and the other one is strength. And you have to use both. So what she did is she put both of them together and pulled herself up. Yes, in a great scene. So this is a very progressive and great film. The animation is amazing. The music is where we're going to get to now. The music was, the composer was formerly a Disney Studio songwriter, but he quit to join DreamWorks and he worked on The Prince of Egypt those songs and they kind of okay. begged him to come back so he left dreamworks to well he didn't leave dreamworks he couldn't leave dreamworks so what happened was he left them three songs gave them three songs that they could work with and they ended up writing some beautiful songs like the song which is supposed to be the film's great song reflection is a good song yes our junior color guard performed to that song it's a good song Oh, it's also a really great song to sing while you're drunk. It's a good karaoke song. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, don't look up Reflection Drunk ever. The Christina Aguilera version is terrible, though. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's alright, though. It's not great. There, That is the, the song which is supposed to be the award-winning song, and it's alright. It's not as good as any of the other songs. It's not as good as Unbirthday. It's not as good as... When You Wish Upon a Star, it is especially not as good as... A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. Yes, that one. That one. And then, of course... Someday My Prince Will Come? Or yes. Is that Sleeping Beauty? No, that's that's Someday My Prince Will Come with Snow White. Oh, that's right. okay. That's not as good. Now, the song which this is known for, though. What is the song which is Mulan's most popular song? Let's get down to business. To defeat 
the hunt. Wah! Did they send me daughters when I asked for some? Okay, they don't need to hear our bad singing. This is nothing. If you go to any con, you'll hear a bunch of people singing this. Oh, yes. It's become a meme that they actually will parade around singing this song. Because it is a good song. And Donny Osmond does awesome with it. The other song, which is alright, is A Girl Worth Fighting For. Which actually ties into the sequel film, which is not as good. It's okay, but it's not as good. And Eddie Murphy's in that one because he needs the money. The other cool thing about this is that in the Chinese version, Captain Lee sang... Is voiced by and he sings the songs. First, he voices and sings the songs is Jack He Chan. Is it really? Yeah. I heard that. In the like Chinese version. No, it's true. And he does the music video for it. It's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. I don't know. <laughs> so, overall, out of the, the ones we've seen, where do you put this one right now? Where would you put Mulan? Mulan, where would I put it? Um, it's hard to say because I want to put it up there with like the classics and the groundworks, but um, you know what? I'm going to. I'm gonna give it an 8.5. Well, we don't. Well, not numbers. Well, I'm just okay. saying out of the four we've talked about, which one is it the, the top or the bottom? It's like in the middle because it was the one that like kind of brought Disney back. So you'd say this is better than Alice or worse than Alice? Oh, come on, I love Alice in Wonderland. So out of, I'm saying out of the four that we reviewed. No, it's not as good as Alice. Okay, Alice so this is, so is the bottom good. right now. Oh well, okay. All right, so out of the bottom is the bottom. Um, my MVP I'm gonna have to give to Cricky. The cricket, because, well, he's a good animal comic relief. He's how the chameleon in Tangled should have been. But yes. everyone forgets the chameleon once Maximus shows up in Tangled, which well, is one of my big issues with Tangled. That's funny that you say that, because my MVP would be the horse. Mm. Okay. A, because I like horses, and, like, she would have never been able to save them on time. She would have never been able to get there and do all that stuff if... She didn't have the horse. And I think, if I'm right, she's the only one other than Shang that actually had a horse. Yeah. She actually brought a horse. Yeah. So, kind of... Okay. She's not a foot soldier. She actually had, like, transport. As villains go, where do you put the villain compared to the other four? It's really hard to say because he's, like, a real life. The Huns were real villains. And they he was real. calculating and he was creative and he didn't give up. Right. So he was, like, actually evil. He wanted actual world domination. He's more sinister than Lady Tremaine, and yes. he's more threatening than the Red Queen was. Yes. But he's not as messed up as Queen Grimald, because Queen Grimald was just evil. Right. You know, I'd, I'd put him up there. Okay, tied for first. All right. Well, he was Hitler of the time. Close. He wasn't getting his con, but he was close. Anyway, let's go down to the other film. Now, because this is the last episode, similar to how we did with, with the Miyazaki films, we did two. This other film is one that's near and dear to my heart. I love this next film. It's one of my favorite. This film was the second to last film for the Disney Renaissance. Because really? Think about it. The Renaissance were Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, this one, then Lion King. Oh, yeah. This is the second to last, okay. and this one was memorable. It's fun, and it's got a male protagonist, which is something kind of rare in Disney films. Well, yeah. Most of them, it's a female protagonist. Okay. And the, except for Pinocchio, Dumbo, and this one. Okay, then it's the male. And this was directed by Ron Clements and John Musker, produced by them also. He wrote it, and it's based on one of the stories in Scheherazade's 1001 Nights. Now, for those of you who've never heard about that story, the whole premise of Scheherazade was a woman who was betrothed to the Sultan. And the Sultan, every day he'd marry a new woman, then kill them. And what Scheherazade did is, the night that they were married, she told him a story, but left it on a cliffhanger. 
so that he had to leave her alive the next day to hear the rest of the story. And she did this for a thousand and one nights. And at the end, she said, I don't have any more stories, so he could have killed her, but he had fallen in love with her. And this is where we get a lot of the Arabian stories, like the Seven Voyages of Sinbad, the Alibaba and the Forty Thieves, and then this story about a young boy who is more than what he seems. And this one came out in 1992, was budgeted at $28 million and made $504 million, so I think it's a success. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. And it's actually starring Douglas Seal. He played the Sultan. Really? He was kind of bumbling and funny, but he was just kind of like a little kid who was in charge of the kingdom. Unlike Cinderella's king, who was just, I want a grandkid. This is a very jovial and nice sultan. Yeah, he was different. He, this, I think he knew something was up. Like, he knew he wanted... He wanted what's best for his kingdom, even though his right. vizier really controlled everything. Then you had Jim Cummings playing the captain of the guard, who was really a jerk. And yeah. in the sequel series, he doesn't get any better. He's still a jerk, even when... The main character becomes like he's heir to the throne. He's still a prick. Right. Then you have Gilbert Godfrey. God, I hate him. But whatever. I used to be able to. I used to be able to talk like him in like kindergarten. Everybody can. And his character was creative. Diago. He was creative. He's a creative character. Then he, ha- he was. I mean, different. But then you had Frank Welker as a kleptomaniac monkey. Yeah. Frank Welker is awesome. He played Megatron. He does every other voice. Then you had Linda Larkin. I've never heard her really for anything major, but she played the female lead, and she actually had to adjust her high-pitched voice. They had to. She had to change her voice because she was too high-pitched for the role. She had to lower her voice for it. Really? And I think she did a good job. I think so, too. And then you have our villain... Played by Jonathan Freeman, who, and, well, I don't know. He was, he's a good villain, though. Yeah, again, another one that's like, I want world domination. No, he just wanted the kingdom and then to be all powerful. Well, yeah. And then, the next actor actually was originally supposed to be Tim Curry. But they picked a different actor to do it. An actor who doesn't sing the role. I didn't know he's not the singer. He doesn't sing it. Yeah, the singer for his voice was Bruce Adler, and all of his scenes were completely unscripted. They just left a bunch of stuff for him to do, and supposedly, the dual role that he plays, the first scene you see him in, that's supposed to be his real form, not what you see at the end of the movie. That peddler, that's supposed to be his real form. That's interesting. And we're talking about Robin Williams. Yeah. That was, that's, okay, that's weird. So that's what he really looks like, not the blue. And Robin Williams, well, the shame he was he's the blue. Yeah, no, they saw he was like the blue mystical being, but then when he turned human, that he turned back star. to the peddler at the beginning. That, that's weird. Look, they revealed it a year ago. But that's his real form. That's weird. Crazy, right? But that's weird. How would you say he did? It's probably one of his best roles. It is. It, it has to be one of Robin Williams' best, best roles, like ever. And this shows him at his best where he's impersonating he's everybody like the height of his career yes really. and i love the fact that he's almost schizophrenic yes he like talks yeah. to himself they makes another one he talks back and it's great and then finally we have scott wayner for those who don't know scott wayner was in a little show called full house I didn't watch very he much. was dj's boyfriend and he ended up becoming our main character for this film which is amazing which came out all the way back in 92 and what is it called Aladdin. Yes, Aladdin. Now, if you've never seen Aladdin, watch it. Yeah, if you've never seen Aladdin, please get out from under the rock that you're living in. Wait, if you're living in a rock, you wouldn't be hearing this podcast anyway. Yes, you would. They have Wi-Fi in rocks. They have good Wi-Fi. 
What are you under, like Squidward's rock or something? Not <laughs> no, Squidward, no, Patrick. 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 See, I'm under a rock. Oh, Patrick. Best character ever. Even though every time I see his plush form, I want to punch him in the face. They're also making a prequel. But, back to what we were saying. So this film is, suppose you don't know, it's based on Aladdin and the Magic Lamp. And Aladdin is a street rat who lives on his own. His parents died. And he wants to live a wonderful life, to be rich and famous and things work, but he's a, a thief. On the other hand, you have Princess Jasmine, the daughter of the Sultan, who has to be married. And she doesn't like any of the boorish rich men she has, and she wants to live outside of the free. palace. She, she wants to be free. free to choose what she wants. And you have these two kids who inadvertently meet up, they fall in love, and behind the scenes you have Grand Vizier Jafar... Who wants to take the throne for himself. And Jafar is trying to get the throne of the kingdom by finding the Cave of Wonders which has um, the magic lamp with a genie in it. Unfortunately when he finds the entrance to the lamp only someone who is worthy can enter in. And the only person who is worthy is Aladdin. So he tricks Aladdin into helping him get into the Cave of Wonders. Tries to double cross Aladdin. Aladdin gets trapped in the Cave of Wonders. And because of Aladdin's monkey friend Abu... Jafar ends up getting screwed out of the lamp. He doesn't get the lamp. Because Abu is a crafty little monkey. A thief. And so now it ends up where you have... Well, you've got... Aladdin stuck... Aladdin, Abu, Stuck at the bottom of the Cave of Wonders, which is gone, with a magic carpet they met, who is kind of anthropomorphic. Well, yeah, he's like following them like a lost puppy. And now they're kind of screwed and stuck in this thing, and he finds the lamp, and he's like... Well, no, I mean, he finds... Well... He has the lamp, and he's like, like, why did he want this? It's just a dirty old lamp. And then he rubs it and... Out comes the genie. Poof. 10,000 10, 10, years, years of you. Such, such a crick in the, the neck. neck. Yeah, yes. And he explains it. He's like, he's like, um, you can do whatever you want and you get three wishes. Three. Or those traits. No wishing for more wishes. Okay, you know that a little bit too much. That, no, that's not all. But he's like, no, substitution. There's a refund. So he gets three wishes for almost anything he wants. There are some provisos. You can't make people fall in love. You can't bring people back from okay, the dead. Okay, why don't you just, why don't you just, like, verbatim go over the entire movie? No, I didn't. I didn't, because I didn't go over all the little things that he said either. Uh, and then the last thing is he says that he can't kill anybody. Right. Which in the sequels makes sense, because apparently Jafar finds a loophole. You can't kill anybody, but you can put bring people pretty close to death. <laughs> I haven't seen the... The sequels are alright. The second one's crap, the third one's pretty good. And, but, so... Aladdin, being the craft kid he is, tricks Genie into getting them out without using a wish, and he gets his three wishes. So, first wish, make me a prince. So I can right. marry Princess Jasmine and all will be well and wonderful. That happens, and then the captain of the guard and Jafar don't like him, so they try to kill him. And because Genie says, I can't cheat this one, his second wish technically is save his life. Oh wait, he's a yeah, so and he, he makes again technically cheating. But he, but he says like I can't cheat this one, so you have to. So he wasted a wish to save his life, and then because they made a deal that his third wish would be setting him free, Aladdin doesn't want to give up the genie because the genie is helping him out because it's his best friend thing. Jafar finds out about the lamp, he gets the lamp, and then horrible things ensue, and then Aladdin must prove his worth as not a, as a diamond in the rough as a person who's worth more than he actually knows he's worth. And it becomes a great fight sequence and a great film and then ends happily ever after. With the good guys winning, the genie being free, and then Jafar getting his just desserts. And out of the films we've had, um, would you say that Jafar got the best, quote-unquote, death out, the best comeuppance out of all of them? Uh, 
Yeah, for villains, yes. Or not really, because let's see. No, well, no Shang Yu got yes. blown up. Shang Yu got blown up. Lady Grim or Queen Grimhold got crushed by rocks. Lady yes. Grimhold just or not. Lady Tremaine got left alone with her two brat daughters, and then the Red Queen just was a figment of her imagination. And then Jafar just turns into a genie. But, a really powerful. Yes, infinite cosmic power. <laughs> yeah, it was a smart way for him to outsmart him. I think he he was a good villain though. He's evil yes. and manipulative, and he no, he technically villain. did control the kingdom. If he but wasn't so if he wasn't greedy, he could have stayed around. Well, that's what power does. To you. True. To your head. But also, he knew that the minute the queen, the princess, took over, he'd be out. Except the Yago was like, "Hey, you marry him, and then you could be sultan." And that's just gross. Yeah. This one is one of my favorites. Drawn beautifully, the design of the characters is very warm and bright and cheery, and. The characters are amazing, and Jasmine is one of the better princesses, I think. Well, I can see her and Mulan being besties. Yeah, because she's not prince, she's a princess, but she's not all, like, prim and proper. She wants adventure, she wants more, she wants, again, life outside the palace. Yeah, and she's able to hold her own. She's not a damsel in distress. Well, except for the one scene. Well, Jafar could do anything at that point, but she is, she does try her best. Yes. As for the other characters, they're all great. They all are standouts. It's a little bit better than Moonlight, where every character has their moment, has their scene. And this uses CGI really creatively, like the Cave of Wonders, it still holds up to this day. The funniest scene is when the Sultan is riding the carpet for the first time, and that's CG, and he's chasing after Iago. That's, that is, yeah, that's I do like all the little subtle things this film has, because there is the mouse several times, and they have a lot of Disney references. I think the best reference is that either it's the beast on the tower that the Sultan's making. I didn't see that. It's a quick one. Sebastian showing up when he's he's like to make a prince. Oh, 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 oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You just see like what? No. He makes Pinocchio. Yes. Okay. And then the mouse does show up there. For songs. What was the song that was this one's the one that was supposed to be this, this the, the one that they wanted to be popular? Whole new world. Yes. And that is an amazing song. It's a great song. It is a wedding song. It is a beautiful, romantic, smoochy time song. I like it. Well, I'm sorry. We have two boyfriends that wanted that as your wedding song. Okay, that's much. Yeah. But it is a good song. It's a good song. I'm just, I'm kind of done with it. But the song, but the two songs which kind of steal the show in this one. You never had a friend like me. Yes. And... I think it's, uh... Prince Ali, Mali, oh. was he Ali Ababwa. That's really it, right? No, there's also there's the Arabian Nights, the opening closing. There's the other version of Prince Ali, the refrain, Prince Ali, though he's not as you know him. Oh. When Jafar sings it. Yes. Because there is no villain song. That's Actually, that is the villain song, because every villain has a song. Right, right. Well, no, that's not true. The villain song's trope started, I think, with the Renaissance. The Renaissance, the villains got songs. Because Little okay. Mermaid, I think, was the first villain song. Yeah, with Ursula. Ursula. Okay. It, but Shang Yu didn't get a villain song either. No. Uh, so that theory could be wrong. Anyway, so uh, what was your favorite scene in this one? Uh, I guess the. I don't know, I kind of like the beginning. The whole big beginning sequence with the peddler. Um, like I said, this movie is a little 
I'm biased toward it because I have like negative connotations or connotations with it. It's a great movie. I'm not gonna doubt that. It's just like I have a hard time watching it, and it sucks because it is one of Robin Williams' best roles. So I absolutely love it for that. Like you said, the CGI are fantastic. I mean, it is. I don't know. I guess I I'm biased toward it. Okay. For me, favorite scene. I forgot, of course, one jump ahead, which is a great sequence. Yes, it is. I like that sequence because it introduces Aladdin to him being trying to outsmart people. That scene, and of course, when Genie is making him into a prince. He's like acting like a game show host, like, yes, we should do this. Like, he's like, yes. like he's, he's got the outfit, he's got the elephant, we're not done yet now. Yeah. It that shows is. that the, the genie actually cares about Aladdin, and he's not just a master. Well, later on he develops it, but. Well, it's already, he's like changing. Yeah, so. He's like, okay, this kid is different. Yeah, as opposed to being a jerk. Right. Most of them is. MVP character, Robin Williams, definitely gets it. Yes. I mean, I like Aladdin a lot. Aladdin I, I, I really I, like, but I think that, that Robin Williams takes it, knocks it out of the park with this one. Yeah, I have to say this is like, think of Aladdin and you immediately think of Robin Williams. I'm trying to put myself back, if he, if, you know, if Robin Williams was still here, does that still count as... No, it still MVP? does. MVP, and yeah, it does, it does. I mean, no matter what, he's he's definitely brought... He became the movie. The movie's his. He totally does. So... As our ratings, we're not doing official ratings, but we're, we're making up these ones as opposed to our usual, our five-point ratings, our five phrases. I'm going to say that Mulan is going to get seven ancestors, seven okay. family ancestors, and Aladdin is going to get all the treasures and all the Aladdin's gonna things get the in cave, all the world. The yes. Aladdin's going to get the Cave of Wonders. They're amazing. They're, if you haven't watched See, them, I, check them out. Yeah, I, I have to. So, like, I think that's we, we've talked these two to death, I think. 40 minutes, I think, is a decent amount of time. So with that in mind, remember, you can check out any of our early episodes at www.spirekin.com or iTunes. You can email us at spirekin at gmail.com or I'm at X-A-N at S-P-I-R-A-K-N, Zan at spirekin.com. And Jackie is at lunaboton 7 at gmail.com. You can email us, send us messages. So I guess it's that part they've all been waiting for. What are we talking about? We're talking about that one. That only. Dodecahedron of movies. Yes, the dodecahedron movies. Except no substitute. What is the dodecahedron? It is a 12-sided object. We're going to roll that dodecahedron. We'll know what number it lands on. That's we're reviewing the next episode of the Spark and Movie Review, episode 109. 109. We're at 109 already. That's Yay. crazy. And since the theme month is over, we're going to be following the traditional rules. Now, for those of you who've never played the game before, have never heard about this, what we're going to do is we're going to roll that Dodecahedron movie and whatever number it lands on, if it lands, we are going to be picking one of the nine movies on our list. Okay. Now, I, some of you may be wondering, what do I mean by nine when there's 12 sides to it? Actually, pretty cool. If it lands on number 10, that's actually our co-host choice, which would be... Me! And Jackie, it, again. And, and if it lands on a 11, it actually goes to roll again. And if it lands on a 12, well, it's my choice. And we have some interesting films this uh, week. We got some which are really cool, some which are really bad, and some which are kind of in the middle. We have some leftovers from a couple of the films we've actually talked about earlier, like some of our fantasy films, which is in our fantasy theme month, some from our drug theme month, and some from our superhero theme month are all in this list. And then we have a couple of other weird ones. It seems like there's a theme as cops for the most part in this one, I think. 
think. Yeah, actually. Except for probably... Well, no, there's a cop in every single one of these films, except for the first one. Roll and see what we're going to review in the next episode. And there are some really good films. Let's see. We're going to roll. Hmm. That I did not expect. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, it looks like we're going to be starting off the infamous Cornetta trilogy with the second film in its installment. So, for those of you who are Nick Frost, Simon Pegg fans, be prepared to join us as we go to a lovely little village in the middle of England as we talk about what movie? Hot Fuzz. Yay! So you get to review Hot Fuzz, a pretty fun little film. Yes. So, yeah, so I'm kind of excited for this next movie. It's going to be really good. And so I guess that's it. So with that in mind... This is Jackie, and my favorite phrase from Mulan was... All right, rise and shine, sleeping beauty. Come on, hop, hop, hop. Get your clothes on, get ready. Got breakfast for you. Look, you get porridge, and it's happy to see you. And Aladdin, my favorite line from Aladdin has to be... Never fails. You get in the bath and there's a rub of the lamp. Hello? And this is your host, Zahn, for the Sparkin' Movie. My favorite quote from 1998's Mulan is going to be... I've heard a great deal about you, Far Mulan. You stole your father's armor, ran away from home, impersonated a soldier, deceived your commanding officer, dishonored the Chinese army, destroyed my palace... And you have saved us all. And my favorite quote from 1992's Aladdin is going to be... Oh, I can't. I... Come on, tell me. Freedom. You're a prisoner? It's all part and parcel of the whole genie gig. Phenomenal cosmic powers! Oh, genie. That's terrible. But oh, to be free... Not to have to go, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? To be my own master. Such a thing would be greater than all the magic and all the treasures in all the world. So that's it. We're gone. We'll catch you guys next time. I can show you the world. Shining, shimmering, splendid. Tell me, princess, now when did you let your heart decide I can open your eyes Take you wonder by wonder Over sideways and under On a magic carpet ride A whole new world A new fantastic point of view No one to tell us no
reasons to reconsider. I'll chase them anywhere. There's time to spare. Let me share this whole new world with you. A whole new world. That's where we'll be. A thrilling chase. A wondrous place for you. father's armor. Ran away from home. Impersonated a soldier. Endangered the lives of thousands of men. And destroyed my palace. But soon the world will know the great things you have done. The greatest gift and honor is having you for a daughter. Coming only to movie theaters this 1992 holiday season, the newest Disney animated classic, from Walt Disney Pictures. Hi-ho, hi-ho, hi-ho. From the beginning, the magic of Disney animation has taken us to the far horizons of our imagination. From a puppeteer's workshop to Never Never Land, from the heart of the jungle to the bottom of the sea to an enchanted castle, we've shared experiences we'll always remember. Now, Disney animators are about to take us on a mythical magic carpet ride to a place we've never been before with their 31st full-length animated feature, Aladdin. The legend of Aladdin wouldn't be complete without a magic lamp, and that lamp wouldn't be special without a magical genie. What would you wish of me? This musical spectacular features an exciting new score by the Academy Award-winning songwriters of The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. Well, Alibaba had them 40 feet. Sherry had a thousand tails. Don't miss the unforgettable adventure of Aladdin, coming only to theaters for the 1992 holiday season from Walt Disney Pictures. You never had a friend like me. Just say the word and you... Al, no problem. You still got one wish left. Just say the word and you're a prince again. But, Genie, what about your freedom? Hey, it's only an eternity of servitude. This is love. Al, you're not gonna find another girl like her in a million years. Believe me, I know. I've looked. Jasmine, I do love you, but I gotta stop pretending to be something I'm not. I understand. 